0: hello hello welcome back it's been a little bit of a hiatus not intentional at all but we are back here on the have you seen podcast i am your host mike bibbins on twitter at bibs corner joined by i'm pretty much i'm just calling the co-host for the time being tyler lennon at tyler underscore lennon on twitter uh, or x i don't know what we're calling it i was about to say is it is it still twitter i don't know I mean, I'm looking like because I, I pulled up Twitter to send you the link on my browser, and it has the giant X, and it says X notifications. Like, uh, Elon just can't. Uh, I don't know. Can't. He just. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Is right. Not, should be the mantra, but he's just finding ways to make this app worse. Yeah. As we go along, but you know what? I'm still here. I, I put too much energy into this app. So. I'm not going anywhere. I'm sticking with it. It's it's far too late. Whatever iteration of it remains at the end of the day is where I will be. So if I'm an Xer now instead of a tweeter, then it is what it is. Um, We're rolling with. You can follow the show on, on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, X going to give it to you. At, at <laughs> have you seen S- S-C-E-N-E pod? <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm a little bit frustrated by this Elon stuff when I
1: think about it. Yeah.
2: That's my fault. shit. have got us on this tangent. That's my bad.
0: We're here today to talk about they clone Tyrone, the biggest movie of the weekend, from what I've heard. Um, <laughs> and Barbenheimer weekend, we're coming out with the they clone Tyrone review. You know, it, it is what it is. I saw Oppenheimer. I, you you not you don't plan to see either of these movies anytime soon. Is that correct?
2: No, nah, I'm not going unless
0: no, I'm not going. Uh, i will tell you that oppenheimer is certainly 3 hours they did not lie about that runtime i definitely checked my watch a couple of times during that film and that is all you might I, I again quality film nolan is a great director a legend in the game if you will but it's a 3 hour movie about a womanizing scientist so
2: i feel i feel bad cuz you think i have all people like Every single time we do a podcast, granted it's usually like horror, but I'm like, dude, go to the theater, go support horror in theaters, go support the theater. You think I have all people be like, yeah, I'm going just to support theater, but instead, I'm actively choosing to watch the Netflix movie instead. A rare W for for Netflix, by the way. Hey, two hundred
0: and thirty million dollars in the box office for these two movies. Uh, they seem to have done okay. So
2: yeah, they're doing they're doing just fine without me. I almost made a joke, but I'm growing. I'm not going to make these types of jokes anymore. But much like other things they're doing fine without me yeah they're doing fine without me
0: (laughs) it's uh it is interesting though because i i do think that i enjoy they clone tyrone much more than i enjoyed oppenheimer like i'm not gonna watch oppenheimer again um i'll definitely watch they clone tyrone again if netflix will cooperate but we're not gonna diss netflix in case they decide to throw the bag um (laughs) (laughs) we gotta get the shutter bag first but then we're coming for Netflix. I mean, we got to send all these. I got to put together these press release emails, these 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 uh, please sponsor me emails. I got to put them together and start sending them out. Uh, Closed mouths don't get fed. Let's talk about it. They clone Tyrone, new Netflix release. This is a movie uh, that I have personally been anticipating, which I usually don't do uh, ever since the casting. I think they put out like a few photos when they announced the cast list. And I was like, Tiana Paris, I'm there. Jamie Foxx, Gravy, John Boyega, love them let's do it easy i didn't care what it was about
2: uh yeah 100
0: percent um was that you have a pretty similar experience as far as that goes
2: yeah uh like you said i mean the cast alone is like we're in there um and then i i know you're not a trailer guy but uh the first trailer i saw uh here's a cheat code put roxwell's somebody's watching me in your trailer and I will go see that movie. It never not works especially like you know this movie's very foggy. It's very like it it fits so well and that was the song in the trailer and I immediately was like Tiana Paris this this song Jamie Foxx John Boy like yes I'm I'm there. I'm seeing this movie and I would behind only maybe the blackening and uh talk to me Which comes out this week? Like that's those are my three as
0: far as excitement goes. Like I was I was hyped for these movies
2: and Scream earlier in the year, but
0: that that is interesting to hear. Hopefully we're on here next week talking about Talk to Me. I got to make sure my theater actually carries it. Uh, I I am willing to go a little bit out of my range if I have to. And next Sunday I'll be in uh, I'll be in Florida, so uh, I might have a better shot at getting to a good theater depending on what time I get in. So we'll see. Uh, if it's not at my local one, I should say. <clears throat> anyway, uh, we mentioned John Boyega, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, kind of where he kind of broke through for mainstream audiences. Jamie Foxx, uh, if you don't know who he is, I don't know what to tell you. Academy Award winner. Uh, Tiana Paris, her, I guess, breakthrough would be WandaVision. Uh, I've been on her since. Mad Men. Uh, she's from South Carolina. I always try to support the South Carolina actors and actresses. And uh, she's gonna make her real, I, I think, mainstream debut with uh, the Marvels here later this year. I think did they move it mm-hmm. back? I don't. I can't keep up. I be- know
2: every single episode. I tell you, I have like a new celebrity crush or a new number one.
0: She's number one. It's <laughs> Tiana Paris. She is number one. We might need to get you to lay out the actual rankings because we can't just have you saying everybody's number one. It's not how this works. <laughs> we need to have- it, It's her. It's her uh the marvels is november 10th so yeah that, that will be coming out this year so a lot more people will be introduced to her that will be a good thing um additional cast keeper sutherland from 24 david allen greer makes an appearance uh again if you don't know who david allen greer is i don't know what to tell you uh the whiz uh in living color whatever uh and then j alphonse nicholson not really a big name yet, but he seems to be popping up more and more. He's currently in P Valley, which is a show that I've seen people talk about a lot. I have not seen the show myself. Have you? Mm-mm, I have not. Yeah. P Valley is uh, he, he apparently is a regular in that show. And again, I've seen him in a few things recently. I was like, where do I know this guy from? I don't I still didn't answer the question, but uh, I expect to keep seeing him because he's he's been good The few times I've seen him. Uh, he plays the uh, the 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 villain, I guess. Um the yeah. first villain, the street villain in this show or in, in this movie. The movie is directed by Jewel Taylor. Uh, directorial debut, big screen directorial debut. He's done some TV episodes. Uh, I think the last one I saw on his IMDb was 20s, which is a show on Showtime that he directed. Uh, mostly a writer up to this point. Uh, wrote was a screen got a screenplay credit on Creed Two. I uh, wrote this with Joel Rettenmeyer. They also both were writers for Shooting Stars, the LeBron movie that came out recently, and uh, Space Jam a New Legacy. Uh, so they have experience together, which I imagine makes doing a movie together a lot easier when you already know how the other person works. Sounds like kind of LeBron's go-to. That's a
2: pretty clutch go-to to have.
0: Be LeBron's guy you can get in a pocket with somebody like that. Somebody with money that can bankroll you. Like you're in a good place. Dude, I got to say hell of a debut though. I, I would say so. And I've seen uh, like Matthew cherry, um, a few writers and directors that I know and, and follow on Twitter with like giving them shout outs saying like he's next basically like keep an eye out for this individual. Um, so between the shout outs, between the, the, the credits, uh i would say put Joel taylor on your list as far as like somebody that uh, might be might the next thing that he puts out will determine whether or not he's one of those ones that's coming up next um getting back to that this movie was chosen as part of the 2019 blacklist and unless you're a real movie nerd like myself may not know what the night the blacklist is but it's a it's an annual compendium of the most liked unproduced scripts and so basically the way writing works is people write scripts. They send them to people. People give them notes. People take notes. Studios talk about movies behind the scenes. And um, I can't think of the guy's name now. I follow him on Twitter too. Damn it, whatever. But the guy basically puts together a list of the scripts that people are talking about behind the scenes. And a lot of those scripts end up getting picked up just from making this list. Uh, Jojo Rabbit was one of those movies Argo was one of those movies Juno was one of those movies Like the list is legit and studios look for this list every year to say you know what I've heard about this movie let me go ahead and send some money to these people so we can get this made um, and then the last note I'm going to add Jamie Foxx and David Allen Greer obviously worked together on In Living Color so it was nice to see them in something uh, together again
2: Oh yeah, I wouldn't have thought about that but that's a good call
0: uh, there's another tie in, but it references something in the actual movie. So we'll wait for that. Uh, let's see anything that you want to add as far as like just little notes that you picked up on along the way.
2: Yeah. I had a couple little notes that, uh, I, I got these today just reading articles and one was a uh, interview with Joel Taylor and he was asked about like influences and stuff like that. And uh, a couple notes, one of them is something that I pointed out to you. So that was cool, the first one, uh, I think you'll just appreciate this though. Um, he mentioned music's a big influence and like uh, whether it be actual music or scores here and there, but uh, a lot of his influence for the movie itself and the general vibe of it was music. He uh, referenced a lot of eighties R and B and funk, which I'm a huge fan of that. So I was there. uh, He listed Bootsy Collins, Patrice Russian love both of them, but he also mentioned Southern rap and he mentioned three, six mafia, UGK and big crit. And as we're, we're fellow big crit stands, I believe. Right. Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah,
2: so I thought you'd appreciate that. Uh, The other one he did list uh, when asked what other movies he uh, thought of as influence. He mentioned It Follows. And when you and I were watching the movie, I texted you and and said that I got a big It Follows vibe from it, both in the sense that um, very timeless where like things feel maybe a little dated, but also a little futuristic and then just very foggy, almost like a dream type of feeling um and he mentioned both of those things specifically so i was like oh look at me out here getting <laughs> some stuff
0: every now and then it's funny you mention. there's a there, the uh, one of the scripts that i've worked on i think i've mentioned it to you in the past but like when as i've been writing it i have like big crit playing in the back of my head because i wanted to be set in mississippi i'm gonna go ahead and put joel teller on my my short list as a potential director <laughs> hell yeah all right um Anything else that you wanted to add? No. Okay. But yeah, that's, those are all. Awesome. I mean, the Bootsy Collins, that's obvious when you like from the first scene, like the way the music comes in, um, you mentioned the, the fact- A lot
2: of the dialogue as well feels very like Bootsy Collins-esque.
0: Yeah. It's like it almost has like a black exploitation feel. And that's where you kind of are like, well, is this, is this set in modern times? But like, even in the first five minutes of the movie- uh, the little kid, when they're in the car, he calls uh, John Boyega's character a, a Squidward. And you're like, OK, mm-hmm. so it must be modern. And then Tiana Paris's character in her first scene mentions blockchain. So I was like, yeah, this is definitely set in modern times, but with like old school type characters, which uh, is fun. And it, with the, f- the fogginess, the the scratchiness, the itchiness of the, the film, it again makes it feel like it's an older movie than it is. Uh, I also
2: word? like that because it, it's a very southern thing, because to me, there are a lot of places in the south that just feel like a little dated. Yeah. Uh, and he even mentioned that one of his interviews talking about like there's just a lot of communities in the south that don't have the resources to get past that. And I thought that was pretty cool to kind of put a, a light on that.
0: No, it definitely because like if you do a movie like this and it's real bright and colorful and it doesn't hit the same, like by making it grimy like that, it, it made you feel like you were in. A small town like this which again it, it worked it added to the movie in a way uh so let's what is the movie about we, we we've set up all this stuff what's the movie about uh a series of eerie events thrusts an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy in this pulp mystery caper now again i did not <laughs> i did not watch any trailers at all the fact that like there's the the video of them getting on a a, a elevator and like the, the guns and like in the fact that it's called they clone Tyrone, like clearly conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. But in my head, I was just along for, along for the ride. So like I'm in, uh, taking this information on as it g- comes. And I enjoyed the the way the ride went as far as like slowly uncovering things. But then giving you information and then it comes to, like, how are they going to handle this detail? So I'm not mad that they put uh, government conspiracy in the synopsis. Um, Yeah,
2: I'm not either. I think uh, even in the trailer itself, it mentions conspiracy. Um, I think somehow you can go ahead and say those things and it not spoil or ruin this movie in the slightest. Okay,
0: let's we already talked about expectations let's let's do these elevator reviews real quick for people that don't want to have the movie spoiled for them at all. Uh, Because as we get into a conversation about the movie, little things can come out that could could spoil things. So elevator review, do you want to go first? Oh, you got it. All right. Elevator review. Uh, This movie reminded me of undercover brother, Uh, a little bit less humor, a little bit more, I won't say less humor, but like the over-the-top slapstick humor. Less of that and more uh dealing with the conspiracy and themes. Uh, I love we mentioned the grimy feel, I love the textured feel. The the it was black exploitation without the black exploitation. It almost kind of has a little bit of a message to it. And it's just a fun movie. Fun, good mystery, and good acting. So uh I, I couldn't recommend this movie more. Anybody that asks if they should watch it, I'm gonna say yes.
2: Yeah, 100%. I would say the same thing. I would say for, if nothing else for the cast alone, definitely watch this movie. It's the perfect mix of I thought it was hilarious, but like you're saying, it's not over the top, it's not slapstick humor. Um it's over, even if it weren't funny, it's just a great movie. Um and something that you've mentioned in another podcast that I really thought about. There's not a person I wouldn't recommend this to. Like I've recommended this to people who like especially they don't watch necessarily a ton of black movies and stuff, but like, no, I would still very much recommend
0: this to anyone. Right. Right. Like this, there are movies where there might be like the blackening is not a movie. I would recommend to everybody necessarily, but this one, this one, I, I feel comfortable doing. So uh, I was going to check to see, was it PG 13? No, it's, it is rated R. It is rated R. Um, Let me make sure it might be rated R for violence pervasive language violence some sexual material which i don't really remember much uh in drug use so but i i don't know it, it's probably a very light r it's very light r in my
2: opinion yeah i would think so i mean the the language if anything maybe i mean there was a lot of language in it i guess but uh the only sexual thing i could think i mean there is a pimp and
0: a there are sex
2: workers but other than that like yeah i don't
0: know yeah um all right, let's get into the non-spoiler conversation then. So we mentioned the time period question. Um, They don't try to be ambiguous about it. Like I said, they, they, we get the SpongeBob and blockchain references early, which I feel like were kind of intentional to let you know this is set in modern times. Uh, How do you feel about the the time period ambi- ambiguity, I guess, of the movie? Do you think it added I- to it?
2: I think so. I personally love that sort of thing. Like when it's done well, like again, I mentioned It Follows, like that's one of my favorite movies and I think when you do that well, it really makes it timeless. Like I think of uh, I don't know if you remember or if you were a fan of like mixtape Wiz Khalifa, but on the song I think was the thrill maybe. He's ending the song and he says, yo chick still hit me on whatever it is I use on the computer these days. And by not saying that that will never not be relevant. It's timeless. And I think this movie feels very timeless because again, it's got a lot of like 70s 80s like funk feel to it so that alone is kind of timeless um i think it definitely adds to it i think if i think if you take that away and it's like very clearly set in a certain time period i don't think it would have landed quite as well for me
0: yeah and i think that like as we mentioned if if it was done in a modern style with the clean perfect video and all that good stuff it probably doesn't hit like this it probably doesn't hit like it ended up doing so i thought that was a a great choice and again added something to the movie because it's not just the texture of the film but like you know you got afros and and like i think uh jamie Foxx's character had the pork chop sideburns like they have old school looks but uh again there's enough modern things in the movie to let you know that it is set in modern times so i thought that was cool
2: um i also think it really helps with uh Again, this isn't spoiler, in my opinion, because we've already mentioned like in yeah. the trailer, it says conspiracy and stuff like that. I think when you're dealing with a plot line that's like, quote unquote, as outrageous or not outrageous, but as um, you know what I mean? I think yeah. adding little things like that, it feeling kind of dreamlike to begin with it having a timeless feel. I think that makes that a lot easier to digest.
0: That's true. That's true. Uh, would you say because like at, a, at points, it almost felt like it was trying to be a little bit of a horror movie? Would you say there were like horror thriller elements that worked for you?
2: I'm the wrong person to ask, because if it's even the slightest bit horror adjacent, I'm going to claim it. But I very much felt that way. Okay, yeah, they
0: they definitely play it up in a few scenes where the mystery element, I guess, more so than anything. Um, There's nothing that's like they they don't have any real jump scares or anything like that. It's just more of uh, what the hell is happening or what is about to happen type stuff that, that happens in the movie, which again, it, it takes you for a ride. Like you're immersed in this experience with the characters because you're learning things as they're learning things. Uh, I like that. There's multiple times where the tension very much was like on the same level
2: of a horror movie. I think mm-hmm. dude. kind of an example, I want to give on the, sorry, uh, going thing. back a little bit, but on the like outrageousness of it all that I was saying, okay. um, an example that I would give that I think didn't work as well I love the movie Sorry to Bother You, but a lot of people don't. And that movie does take a hard left turn at one point and gets like very outrageous. And I think had it had more stuff like that, it probably like that wouldn't have turned as many people away from, it. I think.
0: Yeah, no, I because I was one of those people like I love Sorry to Bother You up to the horse situation that happens. That <laughs> I was like, all right, now we've gone too far. <laughs> we've gone too far. Um, but I don't think this one got there, like you said uh and i think that i almost i almost said something that probably needs to be saved for the spoiler section um <clears throat> but i do think that when when you get certain reveals in in this movie that like the lead up to them it does give you like that that hor- like how bad is this going to get type of vibe um that i enjoyed so i got to talk about john boyega's accent um i don't know if i've had these conversations with you about the the british actors coming over and and stealing our jobs uh <laughs> but I, I mentioned it a Reese when we were recording yesterday for the, the outsiders uh about how these british actors do our accents very well um the only american actor i can think of that did the british thing well is brian tyree henry and bullet train recently but like john boyega doing a southern accent and like i didn't question it once
2: i did not know he was british i found out today but i watched i told you i watched a video of uh, tiana paris and john boyega together and i guess i've never watched an interview of his before i yeah i learned Ooh. today that he was british and that's dude that's so impressive that they not only do american accents but like specific like southern or like that's that's a level of talent that I, like i'm awful at impersonations or accents or anything like that so i've got nothing but love for that
0: yeah, he sounded like he was from South Florida. Like I was like this is this is crazy. Um I definitely I remember with his press tour when when uh the Force Awakens came out, he was going crazy on the red carpet. Like there was an interview where he like stops the interview and he's like, "That's my bro over there." Come over and like runs over. He's like we're from such and such, he's like shouting out his block and like doing it. Like, he was, I was like, This dude does not care at all. Like he, he's he's supposed to be on the red carpet, acting buttoned up. And he was like, No, nah, I'm from the hood. This is how I act. This is what you're going to get on these red carpets. I was like, Okay, uh, I think I like this guy. I uh, love it. We need more of it. I got to find that interview because it's a, it's a classic. Uh, the interviewer looked like they were terrified what was happening. Um, <laughs> uh, another thing that this movie reminded me of, I mentioned it. In my my quick elevator review was Undercover Brother, which cult classic, a movie ahead of its time, in my opinion. It's it's a movie I watched so much I could act it out at one point. Um, I got really immersed in like the bonus features on the DVD. There was like a game, like all like I was very I was passing this thing around school, like telling everybody they had to watch it. And there's a scene in particular, which I'll get into maybe in the spoiler section, that I was like, oh, this is almost a sequels of sorts to, uh, undercover brother. And again, undercover brother had more of the over the top comedy than this did. This one just had funny situations and characters in a, in a serious plot line. Like the villain wasn't goofy. Like they were in, um, undercover brother, but I, I definitely feels like, feels like they're, they're in the same, I want to say universe, but in the same like category, I would put like, I would group them together. Are you, yeah. Every review a- a- a-
2: Say that again, I'm sorry. you with Undercover Brother? Yeah, I don't know why, but when I was a child, I watched that movie a number of times. I don't know why that was something I was watching as a kid, but uh, also since I was a kid, I've always been like a huge Dave Chappelle fan. So uh, that very well could have been part of it. But yeah, it's been a minute since I've seen it, but I've seen it a number of times. Okay. What were you going to say? You said something about every review. Oh, Every review that I've read also mentions Undercover Brother, and I halfway think he may have mentioned it himself as a reference.
0: Okay. Um, And I wondered, I wondered if it would be a reference because it's like the, something that he does in this movie is so close to something that happens in Undercover Brother that it's like, as a writer, I feel like I would have gone out of my way not to do that. But mm-hmm. it's it's not an exact copy. So I was, I, it's something that works because it's something that would be done in these types of scenarios. Like if we're following breadcrumbs i'm almost gave something away i'm doing my best not not to do it
2: once we get there i do have something
0: i would add to that so just remind me not to forget um i got a couple more things for the non spoiler side jamie fox in this movie his character he plays a pimp and we know jamie fox can be incredibly extra uh playing a pimp is an opportunity to be incredibly extra but i don't feel like he was i feel like he he was right in the right pocket of like saying absurd things, but like not doing too much to where it takes away from everybody else in the scene. So I, I enjoyed his role in this. What, what were your thoughts on Jamie Foxx?
2: Yeah, this was something you and I had texted about, I believe, but like it it was perfect. And I like you're saying, like one, you're playing a pimp. You're playing this role um and even though john boyega wild famous tiana paris very famous herself jamie Foxx still the biggest build name on this cast and everything it would have been really easy to kind of let that get away but i thought he did an amazing job of like nah i'm the corner three-point guy like y'all pass it to me when i'm open but y'all are getting your shots up this is y'all's thing uh yeah i thought they did a great job with that and i thought he killed it
0: no that's a good analogy like he just kind of stayed in his pocket played his role didn't try to show that he was the guy uh which, mm-hmm. which is great uh tiana paris um i'm gonna say it it was hard for me to accept her as a sex worker in this scenario a woman of the streets a woman of the night a uh, woman like that somebody would be taking care of her i'm sorry uh, one way or another she would not be out there like that <laughs> there's there's no way under any circumstances she was too clean to, uh the face was given you know the body was bodying uh, ain't nobody gonna have her stroll in the streets like this. This is not, that was uh, that part I could not accept under any circumstances.
2: It, it's the meme of Drake in the strip club. He's like, "I'm gonna get you out of here."
0: <laughs> exactly. Somebody's coming through to change her life. Like, ain't no way. And she was supposed to be getting out of the game or whatever, but like, she was way too, way too clean for me. Uh, I almost just accepted her as just being a woman at some point. Like, we, we don't. Need, we're just gonna pretend that her her background, which is relevant to the storyline. Again, I'll probably say it too much, but. Her her background is relevant to the storyline, which we'll get into until the spoilers. But um, again, she's one of my my favorites. I always enjoy seeing her on screen, and her and John Boyega, the chemistry between them and Jamie Fox was was great. Like those three carried the movie easily. There was no point where I questioned their relationships.
2: She she specifically stole the show for me. Like don't get me wrong, John Boyega is the lead of this movie, and by having Jamie Fox in a supporting role, like you think it's going to be hard for anyone. Not one of those two to steal the show, but to me, she stole the show. And spoiler alert: when we do get to our Bibs Awards next year, she will be my vote for uh, best supporting actress. Oh, wow. I have a really hard time believing someone's gonna pass her between now and then.
0: That's that's interesting. Now, I,
2: I would almost argue that you could put her as a lead, but I, yeah, she she stole the show for me.
0: Yeah, that's, that's 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 the question: is if I would put her as a lead or supporting? Um, I might have to watch it again to make that call honestly i'm trying to think she does have scenes where she's by herself right yeah yeah whatever whatever
2: (laughs) will make it easier for her to win the award is what i'll vote her in
0: (laughs) you know what i'm gonna let you do your thing um that's really all i have for the non-spoiler section Uh, we can't get into the plot much uh in the non-spoiler section so uh shall we proceed to the spoils?
1: yes absolutely
0: Lovers, if your local theater is a Cinemark, you may want to consider signing up for Cinemark Rewards. There are two tiers to choose from, and one of them is actually free. The free tier is the Cinemark Movie Fan. You'll earn one point for every dollar you spend, you can redeem your points for tickets or other rewards, you'll get member access to screenings and advance tickets, you'll get an extra discount on Tuesdays, and other exclusive member offers will apply. Then you have the $10 or 9 dollars a month option, the Cinemark Movie Club. All of the above, plus one free ticket every month, 20% off of all concessions, waived online fees. Any unused ticket credits roll over to the next month. So if you miss a month, the tickets roll over. You'll also get member pricing for any additional tickets that you buy. For more information, hit the link in the show notes and sign up today. You have absolutely nothing to lose. Have you seen listeners? I told you how to get a free ticket every month with Cinemark Rewards, and now I'm gonna tell you how you can get 40% off your meals at restaurant.com. Follow these steps. Go to the show notes, click the restaurant.com link, When you get to their page, put in your zip code, or if you're traveling, put in the zip code of the place that you're visiting. A list of restaurants in or near that zip code will show up. You pick the one that you want, and a list of options will come up for that restaurant. Now, most restaurants will have a minimum purchase amount for your deal to apply, so pay attention. I'll give you an example. There's a barbecue spot near me that has a deal through restaurants.com I can get a $25 certificate for $10 and the total purchase at the restaurant has to be $50 for the certificate to be able to be applied all in all I pay $35 for a $50 meal but there is more if you're flying solo maybe you don't think you can buy $50 worth of food there are lower options you could pay $6 for a $15 off voucher and your total purchase would have to be 30, or pay $4 for a $10 off voucher where your total purchase would need to be around $20. It all depends on the restaurant. But once again, if this sounds interesting, just hit the restaurant.com link in the show notes for more information. All right, spoilers. I hate I hate doing a non-spoiler review man i hate dancing around stuff because <laughs> like I was, I was
2: about to say we need to just like fully embrace being a spoiler heavy podcast i think
0: yeah at some point at some point i guess i i might check to see if people even care about the spoilers versus non-spoilers some do some don't but we'll we'll see anyway spoiler conversation i'm gonna go 15 minutes in so you get introduced to the world in the first 15 minutes Uh, you get an understanding for for who these people kind of are i think right before a major event occurs is when we're introduced to jamie Foxx and tiana Paris' characters let me start using character names so fontaine i was
2: literally just about to say i'm awful at that and i made sure granted i've seen this movie four times now i know their names but i was like i need to make sure i'm saying their names and not the actors and actresses name
0: exactly So Fontaine is John Boyega's character, Slick Charles is Jamie Foxx, and Tiana Paris' character is Yo-Yo. So we're introduced to Yo-Yo and Slick Charles in a scene in a hotel room. Uh, Yo-Yo leaves. She's about to go change her life. Fontaine shows up, shakes Slick Charles down, gets some money, leaves out of the hotel. He's being followed the entire time by Isaac. I don't know how he doesn't see this guy following him, but... Mm -hmm. It's the lack of awareness—you can't get caught lacking like that. Pulls up on him, and I was—he was blasting music in the car. I was like, "What kind of covert roll-up is it? Like you, you're blasting this loud music, like are you trying to get his attention." Fontaine hops out of the car, pulls the, the strap, but he gets shot. And I was like, "Oh damn! Like what? What is happening?" Yeah,
2: this is all on Fontaine because the opening scene of the movie, Fontaine and a little kid named Junebug are riding around together. And he comes up on one of Isaac's friends or one of like someone with Isaac and runs him over, you know, and he straight up says like, Isaac is going to get you back for this. That did get one of the biggest laughs for me in the entire movie, though, because after he runs him over, uh, the little kid Junebug goes, is that boy dead? And I <laughs> cracked up so hard. But yeah, if you're Fontaine, you know, they're they're coming for you,
0: right? Like you can't just run a dude over with a car and like expect no retaliation. Like I don't. I was like, "How is this dude moving? Like, how is this guy surviving out here? Like, moving like this? Like, he didn't think that through at all." <laughs> um, and then he didn't survive much longer. So, he did not. I guess I guess we got our answer. So he gets shot and killed, and I was like, "What? What the hell is going on?" And keep in mind, I know this the movie is called "They Clone Tyrone," but this dude's name is Fontaine. So, what's happening? Like to to Fontaine, like is is that? I was confused for a second. But This then, I
2: know. I'm too much of like a horror or a scream head because I was like, "Yeah, people, you kill off the biggest name person in the first act. That happens all the time." I'm not faced by this.
0: <laughs> so then John Boyega's character wakes up confused, clearly. Um, but in his head, and I started to feel like a uh, one of those Happy Death Day type movies where he's like repeating the same day in his head so he, he like goes to shake down slick charles again and slick charles is like what the what the fuck
1: like mm-hmm.
0: I, I watched you get shot like uh he's like asking one of his workers he's like did you, we saw him get shot right like i'm not tripping and um he's like you took the money like are you a ghost are you the ghost uh of, of i forget what he called him you saw it four times do you remember exactly what he said uh-oh did i lose Tyler?
1: Did I lose you for a second? Oh, for a second, yep.
0: Sorry. You're back. (laughs) Did you hear anything I said? The last thing I heard was ghost. Okay, so uh, do you recall what he said, what he called him? The ghost of, he called him the ghost of something.
2: I I thought he made a a ghost of Christmas past reference, but I don't... I didn't know if he said Christmas or something else. He may have said something else. I don't remember. My My question for all this was, and again, I've seen this movie entirely too many times to not have an answer. But in Fontaine's head, is this like all of him getting shot? Does he remember that? Or was it a does he think it was a dream, maybe? Or I
0: was hoping you had the answer, because when he first wakes up, it looks like he is confused. Like he I feel like he did remember it, but he like assumed, I guess, that because he's waking up that it must have been a dream or something. That's
2: kind of where I landed on as well, because like you said, as soon as he wakes up, like very quickly, he goes and knocks on his mom's door again. And it's like he seems to be remembering it. But by the time he gets to Slick Charles's, I don't know if maybe he's brushed it off as like, OK, that was just a dream, whatever.
0: Yeah. And like he's like, oh, maybe I didn't go to Slick Charles's because I didn't get I got, cause in the dream. I got shot outside of Slick Charles's like apartments or uh, I guess he was at a hotel. Like I got shot outside of his room, so I must not have gone there. So he like goes to shake him down uh, and then they go.
2: And Isaac and then very well took the money off of him anyway, so he probably is like, I don't have my money.
0: Right. Yeah. So
1: then they they got to find Yo-Yo now
2: because uh, Slick Charles is like Yo-Yo would have seen you and he's like, all right, let's go find her and and she can catch us up on all this, I guess.
0: Yeah, she gets in the car, gives him the rundown and at this point he accepts it because I guess he thinks, you know, Yo-Yo is not going to lie. Like Slick Charles would, and uh, then he pulls out the gun. It was like, all right, gotta go, gotta go, figure this out. And <laughs> neither one of the other two wants to be there, uh, but he's very convincing. They go to the, the the trap house. He sees a vehicle that he had seen before. They go in, and now this is where it's like starts to get eerie. Yeah, and I thought it
2: was moving pretty quickly because I mean, we can't be more than twenty,
0: like 20 minutes, like, minutes into this movie. Yeah, it was like 20 minutes in at that point. Like, I think I, I texted you. I was like, okay, so we're like straight into it. Like, no dancing around at all. Like, we're straight to the action. Um, Especially for a two hour movie. Like, it's moving pretty quick. Yeah, that's why I was like, well, how is this going to play out if we're getting all this information this quick? So, like, they go into the bunker, they find the guy in the lab with the afro, the white um, dude with the afro, who <laughs> Slick Charles says looks like a game show host. uh slick charles slick charles ends up killing this dude by accident because uh, i guess yo yo thought she was a chemist she thought she was oppenheimer or something i don't i don't know what what we got going on um and fontaine sees the version of himself that got shot the night before
2: yeah it's also worth pointing out because this becomes relevant later um slick charles so obviously fontaine is a drug dealer and Slick Charles, he sells him Coke, I assume. I, I don't assume. We know that it's Coke. Mm-hmm. Well, when they're in the lab, he finds something that kind of looks like Coke. So he, you know, grabs a little bit of it and puts it in his mouth, puts it on his tongue to see. And he very quickly is like, well, that's not Coke, but I don't know what it is. And then it starts making him real giggly. Yeah. So as he's holding the white dude with the afro by a gunpoint, uh, he's kind of laughing and having a hard time keeping it together. And then Yo-Yo, like you said, is mixing these two potions together and like, oh shit or something. And it scares Slick Charles. He,
0: he then shoots the guy. In the heart. And then he like tells him, shake it off. It's like, all right, bro. Like, hey, I don't think he's shaking it off.
2: Yo-Yo's like, he's dead. And Slick Charles goes, we don't have time for that negativity. And he goes, give me some wet wipes. She goes, wet naps.
0: Oh, the wet, the wet naps was hilarious. <laughs> See, I can't. That's why I wanted to rewatch it because I wanted to start get some of these quotes. But there's a lot of great quotes. He's like, try to straighten this jacket up. Like, come on, get up, brother. So like, he's not getting up. You <laughs> shot him in the heart. He is gone. Like, yeah, I'm going to tell you. That's a wrap for him. Um, I did think the quote was funny. Uh, Fontaine
2: was uh, holding him at gunpoint, and the guy at first is just like, "Man, I'm just you know, I'm just getting a paycheck. Like, don't you know? Why bother with me?" And uh, he's like, sorry, dude. I get nervous around guns? This is my first time having a gun pointed at me. I know this isn't new for you. Well, I don't know if it's new for you or not. I'm sorry for saying that.
0: <laughs> the movie has a lot of those like subtle jokes. Like, again, the first time through, I didn't think to write any down. But there's a like almost every conversation has these moments. that's like just hilarious. Um, and that's I, again, it makes it fun where you're not looking for one liners. It's just the people the way everybody talks is funny. Uh, one way or another so at that point now Fontaine is kind of having a little bit of a crisis Uh, Jamie Foxx's character and Tiana Paris's character Yo-Yo, Slick Charles, Yo-Yo and Fontaine damn they're having they're kind of messed up by this because they just seen this boy's body on a table and everybody's confused I think they go back to did they go back to Fontaine's place?
2: They go to Yo-Yo's grandma's house
0: okay so they go to yo-yo's grandma's house they all go to sleep and then they wake up in the morning and fontaine is gone mm-hmm. uh he's apparently tried to figure this out on his own but when he goes back to the trap house he can't figure out although the rooms are gone does he get the he gets the crew together
2: yeah so he gets his friends together he takes them back to the trap house and Doesn't
0: tell them anything
2: yes and uh obviously nothing's there they have you know they're onto us so we're moving shop elsewhere and of course now he has to try to explain to his friends this wild ass story that no one's gonna believe and his friend i don't know that we ever got his friend's name but he's always got the fan with him and he's trying to be supportive he's like look man it happens you need a bottle of water get a bottle of water in you and
0: uh you know it, it happens we're just a little confused right now yeah it's the friend that um what did they there was the conversation they had in the beginning Where Fontaine tells him to do something. So I think he had told him that they had ran up on Isaac or he
2: ran over one of his friends and he says, uh, well, what are we doing? We'll run up on him. And he's like, you have a fan. You look like you're about to pass out right now. We're not running up on nobody.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, it was slick. Charles Odom money, I think is what it was. Yeah, and he was like, I didn't see him at the such and such. And he yeah. was like, um, Did you look anywhere else? He's like, Nah, because he usually be at the, I forget where it was. It was like, Really? You just look one place and came back?
2: Which is such a funny answer. I looked everywhere for it. Where'd you look? I just looked at the motel, but.
0: Well, he wasn't there. That's where he's normally at. I don't know. He's like, hey, Did you look anywhere else? I mean, he usually at the hotel. So I was like, All right, man. Dang. Do it myself. Um, that was funny. And it's like this town is like 10 miles wide or like five blocks wide. And you just looked into one place. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, <clears throat> what else we got? So. So from after, there, I think. Oh, sorry. I was going to say. So after the him and his his people don't find what they're looking for in the first place, he goes back to Yo-Yo and Slick Charles, right? Yeah. And they go to kind of regroup and they go to the chicken place. Is that my yeah. right path? Yeah. Yeah. This is where we get the uh, undercover brother moment where they're like, and you could kind of see it happening in the background with the other people, but like they're eating the chicken and Jamie Foxx gets giggly again. Which earlier in the movie, they you'd seen commercials for this chicken place
2: and it looks like a club, like everyone's dancing, everyone's laughing. Like it does not look like a restaurant. It very much looks like a club almost like it's, it's a, it's a very cool atmosphere. You're trying to get people there. Um and yeah, like you said, once we get there, you're seeing a lot of this happening in the background
0: already. Yeah, so it was already happening in the background, but then you see Jamie Foxx start to laugh, and then he's remembering the feeling he had when they were in the lab, and he takes it that powder, and he was like, "They're putting it in the chicken, and like they they freak out, blah blah blah." And that was the undercover brother brother reference where uh, what's his face? Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot his name, Lando Calrissian. Um what's his billy d there we go billy d williams uh the general in in undercover brother who was putting stuff in the chicken to control black people's minds
2: uh, dave Chappelle's eating the chicken anyway though <laughs> like as they're realizing he's still eating the chicken
0: <laughs> but uh i mean the chicken stereotype you know black everybody loves fried chicken in reality but you know black people somehow got the stereotype of loving fried chicken so if you're gonna have a conspiracy situation you're gonna put you're gonna put something in some fried chicken like that's how yeah get it.
2: i only don't have a like you said it's almost too close to undercover brother that you almost don't want to do it right. but because you're doing that you're doing the hair products
0: and it's very tongue in cheek like i I didn't have a problem with it yeah no i that's what i'm saying like and that was my initial thought was oh this is like doing it like undercover brother but because it's not just the chicken and the chicken kind of feels like it's supposed to be there I I, I, let it, I didn't like hold on to it as a, a thing. Uh, the hair product touch was nice. I, I really like that uh, because it kind of almost layered in a, in a sense that uh, the reason black women treat their hair to get it straight is because of old Eurocentric beauty standards. And so now putting that product, making that product also a mind control thing that calms them down is like uh, that's a chef's kiss type situation. Like that's that's perfect
2: that was good uh, what was that oh, so it was the chicken it was the it was the hair cream and there was one other thing wasn't there
0: was it something at the club
2: oh they the were doing music. it through music yeah the music yeah
0: um <clears throat> which i'm gonna save a piece of that for later but
2: well we uh, the, we'd already seen an instance of that once uh when they're going to the trap house uh the dj every time they play something by the artist named ruckus is when it's happening and jamie Foxx immediately as soon as the song comes on he's like i hate this song i get so tired every time the song comes on Will you turn it
0: and then they're all yawning right exactly so like the music is hit it's it's funny because or it's good because like the stuff was already happening before you knew what was happening and then even after you know what's happening you see it happening and they realize it when you're realizing it uh which was again fun good touch good good writing and and uh, obviously carried out well by the actors um <clears throat> I don't remember how did they get into the place the second time was it through the chicken place or was it through somewhere else
2: so uh at the chicken place
0: um oh they they confront the cashier right
2: yeah, yeah yo- yo takes him back and kind of like seduces him a little bit and she she's able to see a bunch of screens where everything's going on right. Um
0: they're watching like the whole town pretty much. Yes. Yeah. So the second time <laughs> that they go underground, they go in disguise and they got the big suits on, so nobody can tell who who they are. And then they that's where they find the clones.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um we already knew Fontaine was clone, and you maybe thought that was where it stopped, but that is not there are key figures throughout the community did they went to the church too the church scene was hilarious too the church scene was hilarious um what was this was it back that ass up it was was so
2: the church is uh yeah they're having a great time at church everyone's very into it very animated and you hear an organ in the background and at first like they're just slowly building up to it and then before you know it the organist is just straight up playing back that ass up slick charles goes i've been to church in
0: a minute but what is going on <laughs> this is different <laughs> i don't remember it being like this uh and david Allegreer was the pre- uh the, the preacher and he's he, he definitely went off like he, he was having fun uh in this scene great scene great moment uh but when they get to the underground bunker they see key figures throughout the community that there are clones of uh fontaine being one of them he's the drug dealer keeping everybody doped up uh, the the preacher, I believe, was one of them. Was um, he Slick Charles was one of them. Charles is one of them. The pimp. So it's like the key figures throughout the community that, that keep the community down, basically. Again, smart touches. Um, and now Slick Charles and, is also having a, a crisis of identity and, and whatnot, which again it adds the fact that fontaine is the only one dealing with this adds a layer um at this point they i think fontaine tries to shoot the glass which was interesting i don't know what we were accomplishing but well i think he straight up shot his clone he tried to i don't think it got through oh okay he shot like five times but i think the glass was bulletproof if i'm not mistaken um they end up having to skedaddle if you will Uh, They run, they go out through the club and as they're going out through the club, the DJ, another white guy with an afro, realizes (laughs) what's happening and um, tries to keep them from leaving with the music. Almost works on Slick Charles. They get outside, they get, I don't know how they chose this car, but (laughs) they get into like the most trash car possible. The other people have been controlled and they're sent after him they're chasing after him all of a sudden the car stops and the people stop and now we're introduced to our big bad mm-hmm. sutherland jack bauer baby what were your thoughts when we keep us keep us up
2: was not expecting jack bauer every single time i've ever seen him he's either jack bauer or the what was the other one designated survivor something like that every time i've ever seen him he is one white man with one gun against the entire world and uh, it was wild to see him not be like the James Bond character for once.
0: He, I guess he wanted to show that he he can do more. Uh, He's
2: more than just James Bond.
0: Um, what was I going to say? Uh, let me see here.
2: He was a good touch though. Like I'm trying to think of like, uh, other people you could have in that role. And like, I'm sure a lot of other people could have done it well, but I wouldn't have necessarily guessed. Like if you would have gave me a list of people who's going to kill this role, I wouldn't have been like, Ooh, Kiefer Sutherland. But like seeing him in it, I thought he did really well.
0: I don't know how that casting came about. That would be a good question to ask.
2: Something I noticed, and I probably should have noticed it the first time or the second or the third, but it didn't really hit me till the fourth. But okay. uh, uh, maybe I should save it for later. We're in the spoiler section, but it, it should maybe be saved for later. Okay. All right. right. Well, it's part of the big reveal.
0: Okay. Uh, so in this scene, we also see another version of uh, Fontaine. mm mm-hmm. uh, Who's the driver. And... He pretty much just kind of lays out what's going on. Like, he's not afraid to tell them what's going on. He also ends up showing him that he can control them. But the person he can't control is Yo-Yo. Because she's not important.
2: Okay, so I did want to bring this up. Yo-Yo is unfazed by the music in the club. She, I guess, was giggling when she was eating the chicken. But she's unfazed by the music in the club. Um, She's not controlled when that's happening. So she's just not important enough to be controlled, I guess. Is that's what I think the message
0: is. That's a wild bummer. We Um, stand, Yo-Yo. Her hair's natural too, so she hasn't put the stuff in her hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, although when they catch her later, they she had a wig on where they were trying to where she had to fake it or whatever. But in this particular scene, I think she, I think she's because her hair is not relaxed, she wouldn't have gotten it that way. I don't know what the situation would have been with the music. I think she she does like I don't know if she covers her ears or what she does, but she's like being smart. But the fact that she's not one of the people that has a clone is because she's disposable. She's not important because she's a sex worker, most likely. I, I would assume that that's the message.
2: Yeah, and there's a bigger message there. Um, I also noticed. I thought it was kind of funny, not funny, but like so. Obviously, Fontaine and Slick Charles, they have a lot going on. They have their own clones and stuff, and. Yo, yo! The only person who isn't "quote unquote" like affected by this, and she's working harder than anybody. She's the one that's like, "No, we're gonna figure this out, guys. We're we got this."
0: Yeah, so it's like, she ends up being kind of the emotional heart, I guess, the heart of the the movie. Uh, while the other two are, I mean, John Fontaine's the main guy, and then Slick Charles is like a character that you don't take seriously initially, and then he becomes important along the way. Um, I'm trying to think. From here, Jack Bauer tells him essentially you've got one of two options.
2: You can go about your normal life and forget any of this ever happened, or I can just kill y'all now. Why don't y'all just go ahead and get on out of here? And then he kind of hits them with the, like, y'all are the ones ruining this community to, to begin with. Why don't you just keep it that way? We'll keep this place a shithole, and we'll all keep it all keep it moving.
0: So in this scene, it's pretty much established that he does not see them as a real threat to him. Like, right. And he goes on about his merry way, if you will. Uh, initially, Fontaine seems to be accepting his fate. And he's going to go back to the block. I do not recall what made him change his mind. Was it just Yo-Yo?
1: I believe it was just Yo-Yo.
0: Okay. So- um,
1: maybe I'm wrong about that. Oh, I think I do know what it was. What
2: happened? was? Oh, the mom. Situation. It's the scene with the mom. So throughout this whole movie... He knocks on his, on his mom's door a lot to seem to like check on her. Hey, can I, you know, can I make you a sandwich? Can I make you some food? Do you want anything? And we just get very short answers kind of dismissing him. And then, uh, after yo-yos, like, come on, dude, let's figure this out. And he's kind of blowing her off. He's going to go back to his normal life. And he seems to kind of be wrestling with it back and forth. And then he's trying to get his mom's attention. And finally he's had enough of it. He busts the door in and it turns out his mom isn't even there. It's a recording. Um, that was tough, man. I don't know what I was expecting, like because I didn't think his mom was going to be in on it. Like we know something's up with the mom, and like why would she be in on that? But like I don't, I
0: was not ready for that. Yeah, I don't know if I expected a robot or what, but I didn't expect it to be exactly what what it ended up being, like the little recording. And now he was willing, he was willing to play along basically for a minute. Like he was like, "Fuck it, nothing matters. I'll just play along." But when he does the mom thing, he's like, "This is stupid. Like why would I go along with this?" so now he's back back in uh for the mission i also think part
2: of that was also realizing like you know we've we've learned along the way he had a little brother he his little brother died um at this point like it's not like you don't have a wife you don't have kids of your own all you had at this point was your mom and now you realize you don't even have her and i think that was probably a big like okay no let's i'm not doing this i'm not doing this alone alone
0: yeah like your story your the story that people you thought mattered and whatnot and like all, all this is fake at this point and it's like, and yo-yo and slick charles very much have become his people at this point like so uh again all of this works like there was no point where i was like out of the story like i was always invested in the story and this emotional moment kind of helped so to solidify the fact that yeah we gotta we gotta take care of business here um so they go back, they they, they try to, they got to get back underground. And I think they come up with the plan for him to get shot. Or no, they tried to get the dude first to join them, didn't he? So
2: the reason why they have to go back
0: underground, even though Slick Charles and
2: Fontaine are pretty much like, I'm good. Um, Yo-Yo is very still dedicated. She decides she is going to stick with this plan um, and she gets kidnapped. The government's on to her. They see what she's doing. So they kidnap Yo-Yo and then Fontaine and Slick Charles kind of piece it together. And they're like, shit, we got to go get Yo-Yo.
0: Oh, yes, that's how. OK, yeah, that makes sense. I, I was <laughs> struggling with it for a second. Uh, yeah. So when Yo-Yo gets captured. OK, that makes sense. Um, hmm.
1: Did that change the way the movie was going for you when, when Yo-Yo got captured? Um,
2: it just may, I don't, I don't know. Um, because I, I feel like we're going to try to expose this regardless, but now we've got to get Yo-Yo. I mean, even if we don't expose everything, we've got to get her. So I was very, I mean, I'm still bought all the way in. Let's go get Yo-Yo. Um, I'm very attached to this woman.
0: Let's go get her. Okay. So I was worried when they were doing the stuff to her hair for, yeah. second, I thought, like, maybe one of them has to go down and it's going to end up being a yo-yo, which would have made me mad. Uh, but when you find out it's a wig, I was like, oh, fantastic. Um, Great reveal as well. Yeah, it was well done, well handled. Uh, the plan to get underground was fun. Uh, when they get, like, everybody down there, that was fun. Like, I, It was kind of like a big battle scene, but you didn't really need it to be a big battle scene. Uh, it's a lot of background stuff happening. Uh, how would you feel about the underground situation?
2: So I do kind of like it as a big battle only because I, I find myself getting very annoyed sometimes that like the one man versus the world, two people versus the world type of deal. So at least we have a cavalry, we have reinforcements. Uh, I liked it for that reason. And also very much liked it for the reason of, um, you know, the whole point of this is like, we're controlling the community. We don't think, you know, like y'all are so disposable to us and I do kind of like this idea of the community being like no nah, this is our place this is our town no we're fighting
0: back yeah like once he gets the the other drug dealer to buy in I was like all right this is gonna get fun now uh and it was that,
2: that was really fun as well uh there's the fun back and forth of when they're trying to set all that up obviously they they know the government's watching so they can't just go speak to him verbatim so they're using these other sex workers kind of back and forth um, I forgot. Um, yeah they're negotiating a price and he's like tell him if he shoots me we'll give him $10,000 and then she comes back she's like he wants $30,000 he's like he shot me for free the last time
0: right. <laughs> he, he shot me for free the first time like, what's going on now let me I don't know if I missed it or what when he goes to see buddy he gets shot and the you know the first time he got killed they replaced him or whatever and so this is supposed to happen again then they go back and they show us, like you said, the setup of like him negotiating. So was the first time when he goes there and he gets shot. Was that the end result after they had already made the plan and they're just they just go back to show you how it came to be at
2: that? Point, that's how that's how
0: I took case? it. Okay,
2: I I took it as because uh, at first we don't know, like you're saying, we don't know that they've discussed all this. Right. Um, we think he's just been shot and killed, and he's gonna as a clone probably wake up in the. You know, underground or whatever. And then it does go back to show us. And I do kind of like that. I, I was going to say it's unnecessary, but I think it is smart because it shows us the way it would have pre- been perceived by the people watching. You right. know what I mean? And then it kind of lets us know, like, hey, by
0: the way, this is why that, you know, what I, I kind of like that. Yeah. So. And initially I was like, initially, I don't know if I missed something or what, but initially I was, I thought that he went there, he got shot and then it, so like the plan didn't work. And so then he comes back and is like, Hey, let's just let them know ahead of time. So like, we'll do the same thing again, but, uh, this time it's, it's fake, but no, it did make more sense. Like after I thought about, it, I was like, maybe they just went back and showed us how we got to that point. Cause it looked exactly the same. And I would imagined imagine the, the government people would have realized they did the exact same thing twice uh so yeah that made more sense uh he gets underground all that good stuff i like that his wound didn't just go away <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh like he's shot in the shoulder he can't use that arm pretty much during the fight so that was cool that he they actually maintained the injuries which a lot of these movies forget you know when somebody shot in the arm they still use that arm and stuff i, I hate that um
1: There's so to catch up, up on where we're at now, um there's a lot to Slick, be said
0: about this resolution section.
2: So Slick Charles has gotten pretty much the entire town. We're all going underground. At the same point, Yo Yo is still, she has kind of just gotten out of her situation. Right. And Fontaine uh is waking up, not waking up, but he he's part of the plan, obviously. But he's kind of off by himself. Yo Yo's kind of off by herself, and then Slick Charles is coming to save the day
0: yes um and what they do who's it that tells them to open all the places like open all the doors is that yo-yo because like every there's like different places throughout the town that have doors to get underground i can't remember, remember. who's yo-yo or who so one of them like goes into the room that controls the doors and like tells oh them fontaine the fontaine yeah. yeah so like everybody comes down and the <laughs> i think we we joked about how do you decide who goes down the elevator first <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, because earlier in the movie, there's the there's just the three of them on the elevator, and like they all fit on the elevator, but there's not a ton of room necessarily. Exactly. And now you've got a ton of people you're trying to get on this elevator. I would have loved to seen a like deleted scene or like a post credit
0: scene where they're all just having to wait to take turns to go on the elevator. They're making like mo- they definitely made multiple trips, and like there was a scene where like characters from the underground are trying to go up the elevator, and it opens, and there's like a bunch of people on it already, like coming out. That those were th- these were fun scenes. There's like characters that don't have names or anything like that, but it's just the community coming down and everybody's ready to everybody's willing to fight this, this situation, even though they don't necessarily fully understand what's going on, probably. Uh they know they were being manipulated and controlled. So that was cool. Um the scene with Kiefer Sutherland. Well, you want to do the Kiefer Sutherland scene or the Fontaine versus Fontaine scene? Um Happens
2: happened simultaneously. Uh, let's do the Fontaine one.
0: All right. So you go you take that one.
2: Okay. So Fontaine, uh, as, as we mentioned, has ran into another clone of Fontaine earlier in the movie. And now we get kind of his big battle. It's Fontaine versus Fontaine and he loses. He does not win this battle. Um, and now he wakes up in another room with a, another Fontaine. This is the big reveal of the movie, an old Fontaine. Yeah. And, he is kind of the one behind all of this and again it's been a big part of the whole movie that uh his little brother died when he was young and that's kind of why he's been doing all of this um he wants to live in a world with complete racial harmony and everything and the way to do that is to is to clone people and we even see um there's like four or five bodies i guess in their little clone deals and it's the evolution of what that would become you have on each side a very white guy a very black guy and then a lot of in between of how you're getting from from here to here and the big reveal is that not only is all this happening and fontaine's in on it but like he's kind of the main person behind it or one
0: of the main people behind it like the og fontaine is the the source for all of this like he's the the, the mind behind it which was interesting
2: and even implies to current Fontaine that like you're one of many clones of you that I have made, and you're lucky that I've let you have the memories that you do have. Um, uh, what I was gonna say earlier in the movie, that was a big uh what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of foreshadowing, I guess. Okay. When Kiefer Sutherland, uh outside of the club uh is showing Fontaine pretty much that like I could kill you if I want to. But he even says he he word for word says, I would kill you now but that choice isn't up to me or that's not my call to make or something like that. And it hit me. as like, Oh, Fontaine old Fontaine. Isn't going to let him kill current Fontaine.
0: Are you saying you knew that it was going to be a Fontaine variant at that time? No, 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 no. But I'm just saying it
2: it, it even took a fourth watch for me to be like, Oh, that's what he's referencing. Yeah. Like that's not just a throwaway line of like, like he's referencing something there. Yeah, we
0: knew he wasn't the boss man, but yeah, it didn't register for me initially. Like as the, as the movie even wrapped up, like I didn't even think like I knew there was gonna be another boss, but I think it being a version of Fontaine caught me off guard so much that I didn't even consider the fact that this was like the boss boss that he was referring to in the earlier scene. Like I was just right like in the scene. Um The Kiefer Sutherland character is chasing down Yo Yo and Slick Charles. Um this one is another scene that caught me off guard with how they, they got out of that. So you want to take that one too? Yeah, so um saw it multiple times.
2: Before <laughs> we get to this point, they uh Yo Yo and Slick Charles have started to free all the clones, and now we find ourselves in a battle. Uh Yo Yo and Slick Charles get kind of cornered, I guess, by Kiefer Sutherland. And they're trying to figure out how they're gonna go about it. I think his um, name
0: is his name Nixon. Is it? I think it's Nixon. I know he's one of those shitty presidents. Go back. Uh, that makes me happy if that's the
2: the one they chose. <laughs> I want to say. Um. That. Yep. Nixon. As, it is Nixon. Yep. So as that's going on, uh Yo Yo and Slick Charles kind of come up with this idea that Slick Charles is going to flank, and he's going to come from behind and get Nixon. Um. So Yo-Yo's kind of distracting him, and uh, a reference is made that I didn't catch that you caught, but obviously she was in Mad Men. She plays um, what's his name? Secretary. Don um, <laughs> Don Draper. Don Draper's the name I'm thinking of. Yeah, John Hamm. Uh, and he Kiefer Sutherland does make a comment of like, "You can be my secretary" or something like that. Um, but Slick Charles,
0: sorry. Nice little Easter egg.
2: Yeah, Slick Charles does. Come up from behind on Nixon, um, but Nixon's pretty good physically, and it looks like he's about to. That's going to be the end of that. And I uh, believe he even shoots yeah, Slick he got Charles. Him. Yeah, it. <laughs> and we think that's a wrap. But then one, I guess, clone Slick Charles or real Slick Charles was behind him, ready to to take him out.
0: So I think he the the one that he ended up shooting was a clone. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. yeah. And so then the real Slick Charles comes up and shoots him. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think I, didn't, I forgot about the clones. Like, mm-hmm. I, I for sure thought they got Jamie Foxx up out of there. I was upset for a second. I did, too.
2: And I would even thought, like, of our big three, if you were going to kill one of them, I do think it would have been him. So I even had him on. I was like, damn, he's he's dead.
0: <laughs> but that was a good fake out. Because, uh, again, it's a movie about clones, but in as you're caught up in the story and whatnot, you don't even consider that this was a clone for us. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Maybe somebody out there was like, please let this be a clone, but it wasn't me. They got me. So uh, to
2: recap, Slick Charles and Yo-Yo, they win their little battle, and they're out. They take off. They get out from underground. We're left with Fontaine versus the Fontaines. And uh, Fontaine, <laughs> current Fontaine, our Fontaine, realizes the mind control thing and uses it to get clone fontaine to kill old fontaine
0: so my question is why how is he able to say the code word if he's affected by the code word
2: i had the same exact thought not only that you would think old fontaine wouldn't be like you just would have think they would have made it proof against them. Like this is never going to be able to kill me or like maybe commands don't work. If you're trying to take, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I I had that same thought.
0: Yeah. I needed like, I don't know if he, if it, maybe he had some earpiece a earpiece in or something like that to where he couldn't hear it. But <clears throat> that was the one thing that I was like, I, I don't know if that worked for me as far as like him being able to use the code on somebody else when we saw it impact him earlier in the movie. So Uh, That was probably my only, like, what do you call them? Plot hole? Yeah. uh, uh, Not. Yeah. Plot hole. Uh, So I, and it's not, it wasn't as big a deal to me because I wanted it to go the way it did. I just had to question, like if yo-yo had done it, I would have felt better about it because we know it doesn't affect her.
2: True. But you saying
0: something, I mean, you would hear it if you said it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, It's interesting. I mean, maybe it needed to be aimed at that person. I, I don't know. So. Um, Because I think when he when when Kiefer Sutherland's character Nixon says it earlier in the show, it actually did impact uh, driver Fontaine too. like all of them were frozen.
2: Yeah, for sure affects him because he's the one doing the stuff he's telling him he's using it to control him. Right.
0: So like, Mm -hmm. yeah, when he said when Kiefer Sutherland says it, it affects Slick Charles Fontaine and driver Fontaine at the same time. So, yeah, I don't I don't know how the rules apply as far as the code word. Yeah, we might need a little clarification on that, but um, I would—that's—that's that's the the put them on the spot question. If 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 we get the Joel Taylor interview, <laughs> uh, should I shoot that shot? I, I I'm very—I would love—I would love that. That'd be dope. I I couldn't find him on social media, so I have to dig into it. I could actually—I have IMDb Pro. I pay a shit ton of money for it. but I could get in touch with people if if you're serious.
2: Yeah, after you get a hold of Tiana Paris, let me know, and we'll get Joel Taylor <laughs> that's
0: too. That's a dangerous interview. I I, can't, I don't know if I could do that one. <laughs>
2: i'm not allowed to come with that one emma no that i might gotta be, stay home for that one
0: That might be that might be a little bit that, that might get out of hand yeah that's fair <laughs> no um i'm sure it'll be very professional Looks good. i am i am very professional of course i mean you literally a professional so uh so in this whole situation so the clones are all released they're walking around we get like the news report at the end And while the movie's, like, wrapping up, I'm like, we just went through this whole movie called They Clone Tyrone, and there's, like, no character named Tyrone in this. movie. I had the
2: exact same thought, man. Um, Before you get to that real quick, we do get closure. uh, Hour three have decided. The whole time, uh, Yo-Yo keeps saying, I'm going to retire, I'm going to move to Memphis. And uh, she's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I am moving to Memphis. Slick Charles is like, yeah, there's nothing left for me here. I'm coming with you. And even... um, Fontaine says like if y'all are cool with it like I, I, I'm i gonna come with so we all have a happy ending we're all staying together we are all getting out of here um, and she does say like you know they're probably doing this other places too you know and then as you're saying we kind of get an end credit scene after that
0: so in, I'll say the end credit and then that'll, that'll lead to this the big question so end credit uh, another variant of Fontaine wakes up very clearly in L.A. Uh, and now we get to see John Boyega do his Los Angeles accent. His he Los, does it all. His Los Angeles walk. Uh, I can't remember he how his hair was, but his hair was different. Uh, I think he had like braids. <clears throat> okay, and he uh, appears to be doing kind of similar stuff, but he's like watching the news with his boys, and the news is showing what happened in the Glen and uh a clone fontaine walks across the screen and the boys are like hey ain't that you tyrone and that's kind of how the movie kind of ends but then you get the erica badu um uh, which that- apparently i didn't i don't i didn't catch it but somebody said the lyrics were different the lyrics were different um I meant to
2: make a note of it. That's my fault. I didn't notice it the first couple of times, but uh, the first time, the, the last time I watched it, I noticed the lyrics were different. So I don't know if Erica Badu came back and was like, "Yeah, I'll record something for y'all" or what, but uh, it definitely it, was her. It even, I think, it even says the
0: words "cloned" in it. Um, I think some of them have been cloned Tyrone or something like that. Would be my assumption. Let
1: me see if I can find that for you before we get out of here. I mean, play it out loud if if if, if possible. I'm to check to see if the soundtrack was available. So I'm I don't have a Oh, maybe I do. Here we go. Let's see if you can hear this or not. Okay. This is how you have What is the don't Sorry if this is wait. It does change. Okay. I can barely hear it. okay there it is sorry okay i can barely hear it Ah, <laughs> uh, my
2: fault uh so the lyric change she does change a few of the lyrics along the way but uh am i allowed to say anything can i cuss cuss on here yeah Okay, she changes the lyrics to these motherfuckers clone Tyrone. So tell them come on, help get your shit. Uh, yeah, she straight up says they they clone Tyrone. Okay, okay. I'm looking but at even if they didn't, even if they wouldn't have got her to do that, they would have just used the song like Chef's Kiss on that.
0: I I did find the soundtrack. Um, it does have a Big Crit song on it and Saba, which I'm excited about. Oh, shout out Saba. And the Badu thing is called Who Clone Tyrone nice what um what's the crit song on there it's called winter chicken dinner
2: oh i am seeing the i'm seeing the love hangover diana ross nice
0: definitely gonna listen to this
2: that's a nice soundtrack
0: yeah i'm definitely gonna listen to this um i might need to bring the music somebody made a playlist as well that added like the i guess the songs they played so like at night and day from albie sure is there uh Saturday Love, Sherelle and Alexander O'Neal. Uh I'd Rather Be With You by Bootsy Collins. Don't stop till you get enough by Michael Jackson. So yeah, this it's like the play, it's the soundtrack plus like other songs that appeared in the show in the in the movie. So it's like an extra 10 songs.
2: Another big cameo you may not have noticed, or you may have. I don't know. Did you notice the cameo from when we woke up in LA? There's a radio playing? Uh did not. So uh there's a radio playing when he's walking around town and you can tell it's like a morning show. I mean, it's the morning and it's uh, it's big boy. It's big boy in the neighborhood.
0: I did. I did not catch that at all. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, with all that established though, we got LA, LA, uh, Fontaine, uh, or Tyrone, I guess, but it is the Fontaine model, if you will. And we got them going to Memphis and, uh, and acknowledging that this is probably happening in other cities, we know Memphis is a a, a city with a strong black population. Are we getting a sequel? Oh, are we a getting a
2: sequel? sequel? Do I want a sequel? I would watch three hours of Yo Yo Fontaine and Slick Charles just getting up to hijinks. I would. Uh, I don't. I'm torn between. Do we don't need a sequel? And I am very big on like who needs that, who asked for that. Let's not do things for the sake of doing things. Let's not do sequels and series and franchises. Let's do more good creative ideas. But I'm so attached to these characters that like, I would very clearly watch the second one. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It's tough because like you said, I want to see these characters again, but you have to do it right. Like you could mess up the, the, the greatness of the first movie by doing a bad sequel. Uh, I, I see a path to a good sequel, where they do go to Memphis. They do notice these things happening again, but you have to do it bigger. Like we now that we know what the these the root of the situation is, how do you make a showdown with a big bad better than the first one, or like right. more, more important, I guess.
1: It
2: would be cool just to see, like, uh, let's say you do go to Memphis. Seeing the Memphis version of these characters would be cool. Seeing the Dallas version, the Atlanta, the, like, I think it'd be cool just to see the different versions of each of these people. But again, like you're saying, like, yeah, at some point you're going to run into the big bad. How do you make that bigger? How do you make that different? Or So that would be
0: tough. I would, it would be cool to see all these characters as different versions of themselves though. Maybe he creates like a, 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 they make like a union with other Fontaine's across the country type of thing like yeah but it again for a directorial debut it's dangerous to end up with a franchise out of it so uh, we'll see what they do um I could definitely see Netflix pushing for it if if the movie continues to be popular like it is I would prefer the uh Joel to get like a, a first look type deal where he can make whatever movies he wants going forward versus staying in that world. And if he wants to bring back John Boyega and Tiana Paris, I won't complain about that. Never going to complain about that. Uh, Any other thoughts? Uh, I think we did pretty good. It's only uh, like an hour and some change
2: yeah the only other little final note i would make is uh you had made the comment earlier about it not being slapstick i thought like that was perfect the the humor in this to me is perfect because almost every line or every scene has like a really funny line in it right but it isn't over the top and it's not even like trying to get your attention with it necessarily like it'll be almost like a throwaway line that's just hilarious and Mm -hmm. I, i really liked that um i do have my favorite scene though. Yes. Do I have? don't know if it's my favorite scene, but it, it's one that we
0: haven't mentioned. So um I'm curious where you I hope you don't take mine, but I'm gonna let you go.
2: I don't think I will. Uh It's the second time we're going underground. We're uh-huh. getting on the elevator and out of nowhere, we uh Slick Charles and Yo-Yo sing a freestyle version of I'm going down. And that was Yo-Yo
0: just like keeps it going and going. And that was funny. Yes. Yeah, Slick Charles started it and it looked like the other two were going to be annoyed. And then Yo-Yo starts joining in. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> that was that was one of the biggest laughs for me um my favorite moment or my scene that stuck with me was the club and that's why i started to say it and then i caught myself when they were going out of the club and the dj realizes that they're not stuck in the music so he like starts playing that i think it's like turn around or spin around and around like type of thing like the the song was hot first of all and like you start slowly seeing the people in the club start like spinning their drinks and like doing different things like that scene was dope uh, where you can see him like controlling everybody, he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna keep it going round and round." And like, then you see Slick Charles start turning. It was like, "Oh crap!" That this was, was a this was a big movie for white people with afros, man. <laughs> they, they were killing it, like <laughs> they were bringing it back. <laughs> that, uh, but that was a uh, who was the DJ? The DJ that was a good scene. That was a uh, like they that was one of the main like side people that didn't really have a name that was like like had a good had a good moment um i saw him in the castles a minute ago uh joshua michael dj strange love i feel like i've seen this guy before oh he was in walking dead there we go side note i like the name dj strange love that's a great dj name that's a fire dj name and it's funny that he was in the walking dead because i was gonna say the scene kind of reminded me of a scene from the walking dead oh yeah for sure um like those scenes, like I I I I go back to a scene with like Rick and the gang when they're like they cover themselves in guts and they try to like walk through a horde of zombies. Like that, it kind of gave me vibes of that. But like in this scenario, DJ Strange Love is like controlling the zombies almost.
2: I hadn't thought about that, but very big zombie vibes for sure. Yeah. So that
0: was cool. That was cool. Uh that's my scene. Uh the scene with the the mom, that could also have been a good like standout scene. That was but great. This is a good movie, man. Like, I can't think of too many wasted moments in this movie. I can't think of any. I don't know why it's too many. Um, I'm excited to see what, what this, this creator does next, honestly. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, do you have a rating? Uh, can I get a
0: rating? Let's do it. What do you got? Okay, so... I'm I, with a rating system if we're going to be doing these regularly, by, by the way.
2: Yeah, at some point... I, I'll just adjust, and I'll just hop on yours. <clears throat>
1: okay. Okay, so... That would mean... One through five, right? Yeah, with halves. Give me...
0: Or, if you want to do it for real, I'll bring up the... uh, I have five criteria. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Do the five criteria? All right. While you're
2: pulling that up and and waiting, I'll vamp for a second. um, Just on the scale that I've always done, just a a simple one through ten, I don't ever give it ten. Nothing's a ten. I don't ever give more than one or two nines a year. And I gave this like a nine or a nine and a half. Like a very... I've already watched it like four times. It will be unless talk to me passes it. Uh, it's probably going to be my movie of the year so far. Uh, I wanted it to be the blackening and I probably liked the blackening as much. Um, it, I'll probably rewatch it as often as well. But I think because that's just a comedy or a horror comedy, and this was a little deeper than that, maybe um, might would give this a slight advantage. I don't know.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to say because it's fresh. <clears throat> we'll see how you feel in like a month or two right but uh all right i'm pulling it up the first question is did they accomplish what they set out to do on a scale from one to five 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 what overall entertainment value or recommendability five emotional connection to the story or characters five we're going five across the board <laughs> Was there an X factor, great acting or something completely fresh?
2: I mean, I want to say another five, but it, I mean, like you couldn't go lower than a four on that.
0: I'm going mean, to go five though. Like you said, there they, they were clear influences from other things, but I think that the way they brought them together makes it unique. So I, I, I think that's a fair to give it a five as well. And then the last thing is, did the story keep you on your toes or keep you guessing? And that's not necessarily like a mystery sense. It's just a like, some movies you watch and like 30 minutes into the movie, you know exactly how this is going to play out. I don't think this is one of those movies. I'm going to say at least a four and it might be a five, but I don't know if I want to call this movie perfect. <laughs> so that's, between, that's the only thing that stops me.
2: Between having like wild ADHD, just being nerdy in general and watching as many movies as I do and as we do, like I think you and I are very bad about like you'll be watching a movie with someone and it'll be both of your first time and like you're not even through the first act yet. And you're like, Oh, blank, blank, blank. They're like, are you serious? And then you get to the end and like you were dead, right? Right. You could not
0: do that with this movie. No, I I would agree. And even like, like we spent in the, like, I don't know if it was post credit or like credits type scenes. You're still learning stuff like all the way from start to finish. So I, I, it might be all fives to be honest. It might be like you said, I don't know that I want to call
2: it perfect. Uh, the, what was the third, the fourth question you asked me? There was one of those that I might factor. What was the one before it? emotional? they're all fives. (laughs) <laughs> uh, if anything I guess you might would go down to a four and a half on the X factor but I, I kind of want to just give it fives across the board
0: I, I think that's kind of where we're at um, damn that's crazy it's not crazy at the same time but it's crazy it's a damn uh, good movie I, I can't complain about that like I, if somebody said so fives a, a, a pure five is amazing like anything above a 4.5 for me uh, is what I'm going to consider an amazing movie I would say this is an amazing movie
1: for
2: what it's worth, still a one hundred percent, or uh, still one hundred percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a ninety-two percent on Who am Rotten I'm Tomatoes. To say right it should be
0: one hundred percent.
2: Still a one hundred percent audience.
0: Who am I to say it shouldn't be one hundred percent?
2: I'm saying I, I think uh, I think I give all fives across the board, man.
0: That's crazy. Are yeah. you
2: are you are you doing the same thing?
0: I just yeah, i was, I was trying to find one that I can knock down to a four, so it could be a four point eight instead of a five, but. I'm, I was going to say the emotional connection, but just the, the mom scene sucked me in with uh, Fontaine. The scene with Slick Charles seeing his clone and getting quiet, like when he hadn't been quiet the whole time, like that's emotional connection. Uh, yo-yos, the scene where F- Fontaine and Slick Rick are frozen. And like that, You you he made you care about these characters. Like you did a good job. Her scene with the
2: hair where you're like, shit, they got yeah, her that was that was rough and then she pulls off the wig like that was a big because like i mean i'm not a stand like if i saw in a theater i might would damn near clap
0: like it was like on that level like let's go yeah um i I can't i mean x factor was the one where i hesitated to but like because again i don't think there's anything in this movie that we haven't seen before would you say uh
1: that's a good question I would argue, as
2: a whole, there's a lot of, I mean, like you said, there's uh, the it followsness of it all. That's very, like, dreamlike, very timeless. Um, A lot of references to, like, Undercover Brother, to, like, Black exploitation films, to uh, 80s R&B and funk and stuff. Like, yeah, there are things that you've seen before, but I don't know that I've ever seen it all packaged
0: together like this. And that's why I think I left it as a five, because, like, again, even if we've seen all the elements we haven't seen them together in this way. And that makes it unique on its own. Plus, and to be touching on a lot of conspiracies and stuff like that. Like, yeah. And it's, it, it's, it has a modern, like, a modern vibe to it as far as the conspiracy stuff, like conspiracies has been around forever, but the conspiracies change over time. Mm-hmm. And like you, it, it has a feel to where you could see it being tied to, I think the music itself was like a, a nice touch as far as, the quality of the music that we (laughs) listen to these days and the way that the music influences life. Like these kids want to be running drills and like, it's like a culture thing where kids in the suburbs are like keeping track of who's killed, who in these rap groups and stuff like that, that hit, that hit it on the head. That's a really good
2: point. I also don't know that we've seen a lot of movies touch on black conspiracy stuff. Right. I feel like we've seen a lot
0: of conspiracy stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. There's only like, not especially not recently. I can't think of a ton. Um, I, I, would you consider Get Out a conspiracy type movie, or is that more of a, like a one off? It's not a big. I guess conspiracy needs to involve. Well, it is a network. They have a network of people like. Involved. Yeah, yeah. It it applies. It applies. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then again, X Factor can be great acting too, and I I appreciated everybody's acting in this. So. So we have five fives. I think it's
2: five fives. And if you want to take it even a step further and give a combined rating, like what we could do is now it goes all the way to 50 because there's two of us. Okay. I mean, you're looking at a 50 out of 50. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's crazy. Uh, I mean, do we, are we going to start the Hall of Fame? <laughs> the Hall it's, of a first, it's a first ballot. Uh, I, I might need to create a new list for like our joint ratings. That's what we might need to do that. That would be fun. We can do that for this year. You might have to go back through all the movies of 2023 and figure it out. I can do that. Um, yeah, we'll put it together. But this is this is going to be fun, I think. This is going to be fun, I think, going forward. Uh, I enjoyed this movie. If you're listening to this review up to this point, you probably enjoyed the movie as well. I think we're about an hour and a half. That's not bad. Movies movie was two hours, right? Yeah. So uh, we're good. Anything? I, I think we said we're going to do Talk to Me next week.
2: Yeah, hoping we'll do Talk to Me. I'm very excited. I think that's... uh it's funny that we're getting them all kind of back to back. Cause I mean, the blackening was just a month ago. Uh, and then this and talk to me, I'm hoping is like my other third of the big three. Um, we've had some pretty oh, good man. movies that I've enjoyed up to this point, but nothing that I was just like in love with. And
0: then like getting like three in a row that I am in love with. That's pretty fun. I, I, I'm not going to complain. And again, I'm going to be out of town Sunday. I'll, I'll get back late Monday night. So we probably will record Tuesday if that works for you.
2: Ooh, talk to me. Does have a Rotten Tomato score already? I don't know if you want to hear it or not, though. I don't. Okay. Okay.
0: We'll <laughs> tell you, especially with the way you said it. <laughs> I tried not to give anything away, but. Um. Yeah, I'll I'll see it one way or another, but we probably won't be able to record till Tuesday if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's perfect. When do you think you're gonna see it? I'm hoping Friday night. I won't be able to do Saturday because me and Reese got to double up on Saturday. All right. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to record three podcasts. Um, Tyler, thank you again. Uh, It's been fun. It's going to be fun going forward. I'm looking forward to laying out the schedule so we can figure out what we're going to be doing uh, going forward. And uh, there's some other stuff we need to do too, but we'll worry about that
2: later. Yeah. Y'all go follow me on X. Okay. Now
0: X going to give it to you (laughs) (laughs) until next time, folks. Peace.